Hello and welcome to the inaugural Taxpayers Australia podcast, our fortnightly tax tete-a-tete, if you will. Uh, we're going to discuss all things tax and super related with a specifically tailored focus for small businesses, individuals and all those with an ear to hear. My name is Nathan Hewitt and today we're joined by our resident tax specialists, uh, Bill Mavropoulos and Angela Lehman. How are we doing, guys? Great, great, Nathan. Thank you. Thanks for the introduction, Nathan. No <laughs> worries at all. Okay, so we want to talk um, a few things particularly tax related. Um, first of which is the Individual Tax Liaison Group, the ITLG. Now, Angela, I understand that you have a bit of... Um, uh, preamble to, to get into, please? Yeah, sure. Um, so we uh, recently attended the ITLG in Canberra with the ATO, and basically we've been given some updates on uh, the direction of the ATO, and so we thought it would be good to share with everybody what to expect in the coming years. Basically, uh, start with the small stuff, uh, website developments. They are actually working on their search function, so anyone who's tried to do a search on that website would know. Uh, Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. It's not exactly the best search engine in the world. No. Um, so they're definitely doing that. They're going to incorporate things such as uh, pop-up feedback and talk to a consultant type, uh, you know. Uh, so are they are they going to actually make it more like Google? Where yeah. You've got, yeah, where the relevance... So that algorithm? Yes, or? definitely. So they're going to have ATO recommends, which is like their top hits, okay, so, so to speak, uh, pop up to speak to a consultant, things like that. That's fantastic. To actually push your search along and make it more relevant. Um, so they've they've definitely done that. On that, I guess we could maybe discuss MyTax and MyGov and how actually, that's yeah. coming along. Yeah. So uh, they, they, uh, they talk some figures, uh, which may not mean much to everybody, but... Basically, they said as of the date of the meeting, about 2.6 million people had registered for MyGov, had linked to the ATO on MyGov. Uh, The interface is actually getting really good reviews, so the ATO is doing really well on that. Is that a big Uh, uptake or...? It is a big uptake. I think mm. th- I don't think they expected that in year one. Okay. So it's it's definitely uh, getting up there. Um, but basically... Uh, so did they say anything about um, the paper lodgements as part of that process, like whether or not that's dropped off? It has dropped off. It has dropped off according to the ATO at this point in time. Um, however, until all tax agents have lodged, they probably won't be able to give us the final exact stats. Figure. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Um, for those of you that have logged on, uh, definitely... Keen to hear your feedback on any one of our social media outlets, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Let us know how mm-hmm. you found the interface. Taxpayers AU. Twitter <laughs> at Taxpayers yeah, AU. Yeah, that's it. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Not as savvy as Nathan. Um, so we are definitely looking at um, giving you just a quick rundown on that. So basically, if you log in, you have to set up a profile on MyGov. Yes, yep. From there, you can link to any uh, of the main government agencies, including the tax office, Centrelink, Medicare, and your own private health records. You can also check your superannuation balances, HEX balances. Oh, fantastic. It's a very yeah. resourceful tool. So any of you that haven't tried it as yet, I strongly recommend giving it a go. I've actually, even with, with doctors that don't bulk bill, you can upload the actual invoice that they provide you yeah I believe and, so and within 48 hours get your Medicare refund back right. yeah so it's amazing yeah. I haven't tried that tool yet yeah, but I have fantastic. heard that that is the case yeah so um, 
Going back to your paper figures, uh, Bill, 15 to 20% down this year so far. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so definitely what about on. What about if focusing more on the, the MyTax side of things? Mm. What has been the feedback in terms of that automated process, that, that one-click type return? Yeah, great, great, great question. Uh, we discussed this at length at the meeting. So basically the ATO is doing everything they can to make tax lodgement as easy as possible for everyone now. So their new outlook uh, is to basically have things much like the pre-fill system that exists now, but to a greater extent. But is that for, so I guess uh, that's for the actual taxpayer rather than the agent. I mean, agents have always had the pre-fill. Sure, sure. Um, So this is an individual being able to log in and have all their income and some of their deductions already pre-filled for them. Um, and basically you would review that return and if you're happy with it, you'd click lodge. Jeez. So easy. Jeez. Um, but one step further again, mm-hmm. what their ultimate aim is that all your government uh, benefits or obligations be linked. So an example we discussed is a young couple gets married. The change of name would be done once at the Registry of Birth, Death and Marriages. Every other government agency would receive that information. Okay. So that poor woman doesn't have to go to a million different agencies so in other words, changing her name. <laughs> her, her tax return on my my tax yeah. would already reflect that change. Absolutely, yep. Oh, yep. wow. Then mm. we went one step even further to say, okay, they, if these guys have a child and they register the, the birth of the child, mm-hmm. that would also be automatically uh, filled through to all the relevant government agencies. That child would be issued with a tax file number. Part of the system straight away, huh? Part of the system. Part There's of the no system. escape. There is no escape. No escape at all. Surely they don't have to lodge a tax return until they start earning income, though. Sure. There's still yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, right. thinking, I'm thinking that we're safe in that yeah. category so I far. Mean, poor kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then they said things like, oh, and then maybe you change job, maybe some, some other circumstances change. As much as possible, they're going to capture that. So you're not having to advise government agencies every time. Every time something happens. Absolutely. That's that's brilliant. Yeah. Just to play devil's advocate, are there any potential pitfalls in having everything sort of universally yeah, linked sure, up? Yeah, sure, So what is the privacy issues? Around? Like, I mean, that's, that's what everyone sort of is concerned about. It is, yeah. I mean, there is privacy issues, and I know the ATO said they're working really hard on making sure that everything is as as secure as possible so if people are worrying about security of their data also i guess there's things like there might be certain teething issues such as certain deductions how they're going to know what deductions you need to claim i think ultimately the taxpayer is still going to be responsible for the data they Mm. lodge but the ato is trying to make it as easy as possible so i think in this I mean, at least initially, they would have very much felt that that responsibility. But I think with the advent of tax agents, yeah. people have sort of delegated that a lot to their agent. Yeah. And I think it's where we're shifting that balance back to where it should yeah. be. So, uh, But whether or not you still want that seasoned um, individual to look after your affairs, that's right. I mean, that's the, that's the ultimate question. Yeah, definitely. That's a fantastic segue to our next uh, discussion topic, the future of tax practice. So basically the gist of it here, I'll let you explain it in greater detail, Bill, but basically what we're seeing in the next couple of years, uh, definitely over the next decade, is a a shift away from compliance. Compliance will be uh, completely automated by 2016 or at least on the way to that. Um, Now that's a big uh, Big, bugbear discussion for people in the the tax profession and it means a lot of implications uh, for those 
um, who may need to diversify. So can we talk a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, look, I, I attended the APAG meeting with, with the ATO in relation to this issue. It sort of really is just a follow-on from what's happening um, at the ITLG. Um, uh, it really means that everyone who's moving away from their tax agent and lodging, you know, almost with a one-click type, type button um, with the tax office there's got to be a filler like tax agents still need to do some work um, the the industry itself needs to adjust and transition yeah. to a new form of operation so I guess the thing is what other skills that tax agents have now and how do those skills need to change to service the industry of the yeah. future and I think the, the tax office is grappling with that and sort of they don't have a clear picture of exactly how that's going to look yeah and obviously there are some tax agents that probably wouldn't mind a bit of that compliance burden being lifted from them and being able to focus on more strategic and advisory work. But um, I guess there is a large population of tax practitioners out there that do rely on compliance as their bread and butter. Yeah, and I guess that's the confronting thing because I think they've been so used to um, that being their role and really with these changes, uh, the preparation of the return is is almost completely automated. Yeah. So those people, whilst they're still, you know, they've got uh, the experience on the ground to realise when a return isn't correct. Yeah. And I think um, taxpayers themselves largely don't have that because they've delegated that responsibility like we were talking about. Mm. So I think there still is very much a role for that type of practitioner, but it's transitioning their skills from actually doing the preparation, doing the bank recs, doing all of that stuff uh, to being a validator of the information saying, look, you know, something doesn't feel right with this return. It's not matching up to the, to the information that the tax office has. How do we validate? How do we get to the bottom of this? That's right. So I think like And that, what if, what if uh, in your submission, Bill, what were some of the suggestions you came up with of what tax agents should probably be looking at at this point? Well, what, what they really need to do is reskill. That's the... the critical thing and I think Taxpayers Australia is is well placed to help them with that process yeah. and I think guiding them uh, in terms of what skills they really need is our focus. Um, we're working really hard as you know Ange, yeah. we're sort of sitting down and putting our heads together and trying to work out what products would get that practitioner into a frame of mind and uh, you know feeling confident dealing with that, that whole new world because uh, look in that meeting, we even talked about um, the chart of accounts yeah. and, and how basically they'll be automating um, the input of information into a, a set of accounts and then moving that into the tax return automatically without a tax agent having to do anything. So yeah. this is your trust accounts, your company accounts. Um, all of those entity accounts will themselves be, obviously out to 2020, automated in some capacity. And standard, yeah. yeah. And I guess that's that's another another sort of factor they tax practitioners have to take into consideration. That's going to be a cost yes. to them. Of course. Insofar as They're updating software the, yep, or, right. or ledgers to be in line with the new ATO standard. Yeah, but it's not all doom and gloom. No. There is also the dual signature um, um, coming through, which is basically once a, once a tax agent has completed a return and is happy with it, and clicks, yes, I'm happy with this, that goes straight to the client who then clicks and it's lodged and updated in their practice management software yeah, simultaneously. Great. So wow. there's yeah. good stuff as well. Yeah, great you know? stuff coming out of it as well. Yeah. Just yeah. to play devil's advocate, because it's something that was talked about um, in a meeting when we first talked about the future of tax practice and the implications for 
um, reskilling and upskilling, as you said. Um, is it commonly known across the industry that when um, sort of a, a postgraduate comes to work in a in a tax firm, that compliance is a way of um, gaining necessary experience and skills? I mean, you said that you know you, uh, a new blood might do thousands of tax returns yes, and compliance yep. exercises just to get um, a feel for the industry, That's a feel right. for the profession. So how do you think that will change given that mm, compliance I, will I guess I, I guess the thing is when you look at mine and Angie's experience, it was, okay, you have a set number of returns to do for a set number of clients and because you were preparing those returns, you started to learn about the advisory side of their business. It's a business. great grounding, it's yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, you identify issues. That's right. Yep, and, yep. and that will, will largely no longer exist. So that is that is a sort of very confronting um, issue to address. Taxpayers Australia in that space as well is working hard to communicate that to those grads coming through and trying to offer them products to, I guess, bridge the gap yeah. so that they're, they're hitting they're hitting those firms ready uh, to do some of the higher level validation type work or advisory type work yeah. straight straight off the bat. And you know what, Bill, it might push some of the grads coming through nowadays to sort of maybe pick a specialisation sooner, yeah. which we didn't really have to do at the time. No. We could have done a broader sort of business services scope, but I think it might push some, some, some students to do that. Into super, into yeah, tax. Absolutely. And I think, look, you know, the other implication that off the back of that is... Um, a heightened amount of audits because yeah. the tax office has all of this big data on on the taxpayer population so that might actually work in well like that they're actually specializing sooner and filling that skills gap sure yeah so i mean you know it's it, it, it's an opportunity not just a threat i think that's the important thing to keep in mind absolutely so just to wrap it up with our final topic um international tax now bill i'll let you handle the preamble for this because it's quite um it is a little multifaceted. Bit sure, yeah. sure. Um, just just recently in a Senate estimates hearing um, with Christine Milne, uh, the Green Senator, uh, questioning an, an ASIC um, official, uh, she she basically put a very interesting question uh, that that's probably more tax related than than um, corporate regulation related to, to that individual. She basically asked whether or not um, Facebook uh, was a small company for the purposes of reporting their financial statements to, to the regulator. Now, on the face of it, it is very much a corporate regulator type question, but the implication is if they are small, then they're not required to audit their financial statements or have them comply with Chapter 2M. Therefore, um, the information that the ATO then subsequently requests is not audited and doesn't have to comply with Chapter 2M. So I guess from a tax evasion uh, standpoint, there's a lot of risk there. So I, I'm, I found that very interesting and I thought... And I think practically, I think any member of the general public would know that Facebook is not a small company. No. Um, and it really isn't fair that this sort but of technicality are. in the rule at the, at the moment but they means that, that they can actually classify themselves and as a small they, company. They, they very I know, are. I know. So the I technicality know. is based on Facebook Australia being... Um, a subsidiary of that's Facebook right, of America the, of the, or the, parent. the parent company. So, so that's the thing with with um, the determination that ASIC made. They basically said, no matter how large your parent is, if it is foreign, it is not counted for yeah. the purposes of that test. Uh, look, there's two, there's a couple of issues there. You know, should ASIC be making that call, given given that the ATO and other government bodies need that information as well? Sure. Um, also, 
you know, in terms of looking at looking at that arrangement, is that is that a valid arrangement? Is that an arrangement that the Australian community would accept? So I guess well, that's what I'm saying. I, I mean, I'm not speaking on behalf of the whole community, but surely uh, we all feel like, hey, we're paying our tax dollar, we're community, uh, we're you know doing our bit. Um, why shouldn't these multinational companies coming into the country do, do the their same. bit as well? Yeah. yeah, and I think that's the thing. The first step in that is providing valid information. Sure. Does the ATO need these audited accounts now? You know, we don't we don't um, profess to be experts in terms of ATO administration, <laughs> but I would think that they'd want already checked information Absolutely. to come to come through to them. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah interesting area, and, and we will update you when we get a submission back from the government on that issue. More on this story as yeah. it develops. Yeah. Watch, <laughs> Watch this <your> space. space. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Jeez. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, I think it's um, time we called stumps on yeah. this, our inaugural Taxpayers Australia podcast. Uh, thank you for listening in. We hope you found it uh, insightful and informative. For Bill and Angela, I'm Nathan Hewitt, and until next time... See you later, guys. See you See later. Ya. <laughs>